This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. Copyright disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976. Allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, education, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. All rights and credit go directly to its rightful owners. No copyright infringement intended. Welcome to the fourth episode of My Guria. This is episode D, and I am your host, Jules Finley. And I'm continuing on with how the show is going to be uncensored. Well, as long as I can keep it this way, who knows? I'll probably get banned at some point. I'll tell you, My Guria is a culmination of shit going on inside my head. Two words combined migraines and diarrhea, two things I'm afflicted with often. Things we're going to discuss today, most of the same shit like we had before. Most of it's going to be about music, observations, humorous shit, that kind of thing. So, if you're not comfortable listening to it, fuck off. Hey fuckheads, welcome back to another edition of My Guria. This is episode D, and this is Jules Finley. And yes, we are up to a fourth episode in this series, which is kind of crazy. I really didn't fucking think I was going to make more than one episode, but I surprisingly have been getting a bit more uh, listeners from some odd places, no less. I noticed that I think the one that really... (laughs) caught me off guard is apparently I have a, uh, a listener in Singapore. <laughs> it's probably a fucking bot or something like that that was trying to index my site or whatever. But that was just like, Singapore? Why the fuck would anybody in Singapore want to listen to my shit? Because I wouldn't want to listen to their shit. Eh, maybe I would, actually. <laughs> Anyhow, we're halfway through the month of October. There's a fucking thunderstorm going on right now. So if you hear some thunder in the background, that would be the reason why. Let's see here. This is episode D. What's fucking new in in the world of my Guria? Uh, well, we're still under fucking lockdown because the COVID shit is certainly not going away anytime soon. In fact, on the news just yesterday and the day before that, fucking Ohio has seen a spike in cases that they hadn't seen since, I think they said fucking April when it was really bad. So yeah, clearly fucking people are too, just too, they can't even fucking help themselves. And it's just like, you can just look around and you're like, yeah, I know that fucking person flunked biology and probably slept through fucking health education like it was a study hall because they take zero precaution, you know, take care of themselves. Especially these fucking parents that got kids. Little fucking, just disgusting little fucking germ magnets that gotta touch everything. And no fucking masks. Nothing. And these fuckheads with the neck gaiters and like a bandana. Who the fuck are you kidding? <laughs> I don't know. I am just thoroughly fucking disgusted by 
how we're so under this fucking under the thumb of this disease d for disease devastation death all these wonderful fucking things so with episode d going about as far down the dumps here as i can go and dump yep that's another thing dumps diarrhea all those good things well i actually do surprisingly have some good news to report well i have had diarrhea several times that's not the good news. I should probably have said that was just, we got good news and bad news. Bad news first. I had the shits several times, and I almost broke the fucking toilet. Wasn't a very proud moment in my household, except that I fixed it before it got out of control. <laughs> Aside to that, I've had. I mentioned in the last episode that I was going to be getting Botox to combat the the migraines and holy shit this this really actually seems to be working uh i don't know how for how long i mean i've i can't say i haven't had any headaches to speak of but i've had minor ones like just normal headaches ones that people who they like go oh i just take aspirin to get rid of mine (sighs) anybody with a fucking migraine knows that nothing fucking touches it so that's how you can tell the difference between a minor headache and a fucking migraine is that a minor headache will go away with ibuprofen, acetaminophen, aspirin, over-the-counter shit, you know, like a leave, whatever. So, I've had a few headaches, but those over-the-counter remedies actually have been helping, which is a definitely turn of events for me. So, with that, I've had I have had much more <laughs> motivation to do things. Shit that I've been putting off not this, just this fucking podcast, but projects I thought I would work on. Just things that were, you know, fucking worth my time. But when you have like a, a your skull feels like it's, it's about ready to explode off of your fucking neck. You don't really feel like doing shit. So I have been, been much more prolific with my artistic endeavors. In fact, some of you have seen some of the things. I haven't, I, and I have not been posting everything. There's a certain things I got, you know, paintings and, uh, and and photography and shit like that that's in the works. I'll get to it when I get to it. But the uh, the shit like you guys have seen, because I made fun of this issue before, those fucking political yard signs. Well, I decided to make a series that were just, they were all Halloween themed slogans, but made to look like political yard signs. Put them up in the fucking yards to say, basically, fuck you, I'm going to celebrate Halloween. I don't give a shit what your fucking opinion is of this. It was more or less to poke fun at it, I guess. I guess that's what I'm getting at. And uh, I had put them up for sale, but then I took them... I, I basically was like, shit, I don't know if I can get these printed and sent to people that would actually want to buy them in time for Halloween. I just, I felt like shit. I wish I had thought of this idea sooner, but sooner was when I was still having a fucking migraine every goddamn day. So when I'm not in agony, I get more ideas to work on. And I thought about some shit for this show too, in those uh, moments of clarity. And in those moments of clarity, I made a few outings out in public, mostly not really good ideas 
specifically, I went to the Akron Zoo. And, okay, the Akron Zoo is a very small zoo to begin with. You don't go to it expecting to spend a whole day there. At most, you might, mm, you might get away with an hour and a half, two hours. Well, their current situation with all the COVID shit is all their indoor exhibits are closed. Which I'm, I'm going to assume that's pretty much the case with most zoos. But when you're not a very big zoo to begin with, that really cuts down on most, I mean, because I'd say more than half of their exhibits are indoors. So that kind of sucked, but I mean, I can't really hold it against them. However, what I can hold against is not necessarily, you know, I felt bad for the fucking people that work there because, all right, even though it's an outdoor place, they have signs posted fucking everywhere that you're supposed to keep your mask on. Children are supposed to have masks on. Everything was supposed to be... I don't know. It was it was very clear what the message was, was that for the safety of everyone and the safety of the staff, you're lucky this fucking place is open. Can you please adhere to these pretty fucking lenient rules to begin with? Oh no. Basically, I just saw one fucking piece of shit after the next who unfortunately had offspring. So I'm, gra- I'm thinking, great, there's more of this shit going to be perpetuating in the world. Because, you know, those are your parents. You ain't got a fucking chance in hell of being, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stop there. But I was, I just felt like the, the fucking herd has not been thinned enough yet. There was just some people that, how the fuck did they find somebody to mate to mate with? Seriously. Like, I, I mean, there there's this one guy I saw. He, ugh. He looked like fucking Paul Bunyan with a beer gut and a bunch of fucking tribal tattoos or whatever, whatever the fucking, whatever the, tr- the latest t- tattoo trends are now, where people get sleeves of just, just, I don't know what the fuck it is. I mean, I don't hate sleeve tattoos and I don't even really hate tattoos, but this didn't do this guy any fucking favors. Let's just say that. And he had a fucking baby and like one of those like, um, I don't know, those fucking slings that they wear around their fucking necks or whatever. And just as I was walking by, not only did this guy not have a mask on, but he got what he deserved. The fucking baby puked directly into his mouth. I had to basically go hide behind a tree because I was laughing so hard I almost fucking pissed my pants. But I'm like, this is exactly what this uh, fucking subhuman deserves. Also, why the fuck would you be taking a, like, a newborn infant to the zoo? Like, okay, infants have, like, no fucking immunities to speak of, let alone, like, they're gonna fucking remember any of this shit. I mean, this this was, like, one of those babies that was probably just born in the past three or four months. <laughs> it just, I mean, I guess maybe the, the guy and his, his, uh, significant other... Jesus Christ, I can't even describe what this woman was like. They, maybe they needed to get out of the house, but if you're going to get out of the house, fucking goddamn it, be respectful of other people. There were so many, like, staff members at the zoo that were just, like, telling people, put your masks on, please put your masks on. Exhibits would have, like, you know, a sign, three people per exhibit, you know, please do your social distancing. No, we'd have, like, 15 people pressed up against the glass to, like, look at a fucking sleeping leopard or a snow leopard whatever the fuck it was you couldn't even see the goddamn thing kids slobbering all everything and i get it i get it yes kids slobber on shit it the zoo is more of a kid's activity i'm not 
fucking condemning the idea of people taking their kids out to do something. But if you're going to fucking take them out, Jesus Christ, follow the fucking current rules. You're not special. You know, it's just fucking bullshit. It just made me sick. But enough about that. We're going to go on to something else that... (laughs) I got to rant about something else because this is something that's happened in the past couple days. And it does tie in with the letter D. I am not totally 100% sure why, but I guess it's got to be the, the algorithms of, of what I bitch about on Facebook. Because when I get the rag, I'm fucking bitching about it. I fucking bleed like the hallway in The Shining. So, just because I've brought that up before, this past fucking few days I've been getting these... And I'm talking like every other fucking like street in that you're looking at the feed. Every other fucking thing is an ad for a fucking diva cup. And if you don't know what a diva cup is, it's fucking disgusting is what it is. Now, I know there's women that use these things and I'm sorry, that's fucking gross. It is essentially a rubber cup. You shove up your cunt during your period, bleed in the fucking thing, pull it out like a tampon, dump the gook out, rinse it off, put it back in. How the fuck is this hygienic? And... The, the idea of using a public bathroom, oh god, it so thoroughly disgusts me. Let alone if it was a, say here it's, it was a bathroom and it's like a single person bathroom, but it's public. Knowing that somebody pulled one of those things out of their junk, dumped it out, rinsed it off in the sink, and then you're gonna go in there afterwards. No, not you know what I mean. Somebody dumped their fucking rag in the sink, basically. To me, it's just as disgusting as taking a shit in the sink. And I've seen that happen before, too. <laughs> Ages ago, where I, one of my jobs I had, I had to close the fucking place for the night. And one of my co-workers, I said, right before I went on my break, I said, don't fucking let any of the public use the bathroom. Well, she didn't tell me. And I come back and I'm closing for the night and there is fucking shit in the sink. Sorry to veer off on that tangent, but back to the diva cup. So apparently Facebook thinks that I must be a fan of this fucking shit because they keep posting this in my feed and I think they are some of the most disgusting fucking items ever created. And granted, yes, I know that I understand that there's some people think that that's a good way of dealing with it. I, I'm not one of them. I don't, I don't want to hear any. I've heard it's like, oh, because of the green initiative and blah, blah, blah. No, fuck the green initiative on this shit. I mean, that is so... Did you fucking ladies forget about toxic shock syndrome? You don't only get that from tampons. If you're fucking insert, inserting dirty, dirty fucking things up in your in your shit. I mean, how would you feel if like, I don't know, say you were fucking some guy and he's like, you know, uh, I think I'm going to take this fucking condom and uh, turn it inside out. Shake the fuck out of it. Ha ha ha. Reuse it. Uh, I think you'd be pretty put off by how disgusting that is. So I'm looking at this as being on the same parallel as that kind of revulsion right there. It's just, oh my god, why, why, why would you ladies fucking do this? And I'm, uh, and I've heard, oh, well, I don't like the way it it feels when the the menstrual cycle pools out of me. So what, you want to keep it in there? I mean... (laughs) It's supposed to come out. Oh, for Christ's sakes. I don't know. I just, you know, there's so many disgusting things that come to mind about this, especially with like the whole idea of, you know, I was saying before, public restroom. 
What if you're what if you're in one of those public restrooms where it's just a stall and one shared sink? What the fuck are you doing then? I, I know you're not fucking popping that thing out. If you are dunking that in the toilet water to clean it out, you deserve whatever gangrene fucking third world vaginal shit that was going to be spewing out of you eventually. <laughs> okay, but enough about the Diva Cup because I'm actually getting sick talking about it. However, we got some things that we're going to continue on and with this show. Of course, you know me, I'm going to play music and I am going to talk about a shitty job. A shitty job ad that I found. It is fucking bad too. Music's all going to start with D or musicians that are start with D. And uh, we're also going to talk about, let's see. Oh yeah, I'm going to review, review two movies that I've watched since my last uh, episode. And let's see. Oh yeah, I'm going to talk about another, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rattle off yet another personal ad that I found that was just so charming. <laughs> oh, and of course we got a few more uh, voicemails that have come in and I need to still check those. I haven't checked those yet and I figured let's make it a surprise, see what the hell pops up. Uh, let's see. So, oh yeah. So who I'm going to start with as far as the letter D goes, might as well keep it right here at home, here in <laughs> Akron. <laughs> I don't, I may live here, but this is not home to me. So anyhow, we're going to keep it, we're going to play a local band and not a shitty local band because I don't even know if there are local bands in this town anymore. I mean, that's how fucking dead it is. Where I'm going to play is Devo and I'm going, I could, I could go anywhere with Devo on this because they're exceptional and unique and I could just go on and on about how fucking awesome they are. But I won't. I'll just play a song instead. I'll play Peekaboo by Devo here on my Gurria.
How does a woman scare a gynecologist? By becoming a ventriloquist. Devo with Peekaboo. One of the only things I can honestly say has been a good thing that's ever come out of fucking Akron. But I have a feeling I know why they really wanted to get the hell out of Akron. Because <laughs> it was probably shitty back in the 70s and guess what? It hasn't gotten any fucking better. But there seems to be more of a fucking... I don't know. I think people more make a big... People around here make a bigger fucking deal about, like, the Black Keys, who are fucking terrible, and Chrissy Hine, who also sucks. Yes, people around here definitely acknowledge Devo. It's kind of weird, even though I can't stand when Cleveland tries to um, hijack something for itself. I have this kind of... I think there is more people up in Cleveland that uh, appreciate Devo than down in Akron, but... They're turds about it, and they're like, oh, well, they are they were a Cleveland man. No, they're from fucking Akron, and Gerald Casale comes back here occasionally. In fact, I was at this uh, unveiling of um, the Chili Mac famous picture by Janet Mosca. They had a, a, a whatchamacallit, a mural that was printed up, and it was displayed in downtown Akron. It isn't there anymore, which is ridiculous, because... Apparently, they were doing some construction work around the Akron Civic, and uh, they took it down, and I don't know where the fuck it is now, and I don't know if they're going to put it back up, but they really shouldn't have because the rest of the block that the Akron Civic is attached to is a bunch of fucking abandoned space. Like, all this horrible-looking old storefront that's been, just hasn't been occupied in probably fucking decades, and what's really horrific about it. It's like on the main street of Akron. What a fucking showcase to see one abandoned shop after the next. But then they put like this life-size mural of uh, Devo to look like it was breathing life back into that block. Apparently, I don't know, they were doing some kind of renovations with the Akron Civic and they took it down. I don't know what's going on with it. The whole fucking... Last time I was in downtown Akron, the whole fucking street was torn up. You know, actually, I can't say that. The last time I was near downtown Akron was when I was at the zoo recently, which I had mentioned. And um, Jim and I did a cut through through the downtown. And man, it was... I just kept singing the song Ghost Town by the, by the specials as we're driving through because that's exactly... <laughs> I mean, there was no fucking life. I mean, granted, the COVID shit has got everyone on lockdown, but I mean, I swear, I think I saw fucking tumbleweeds blowing through downtown Akron. I don't even think that they finished the construction. I think they just left the shit. It's 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 it's, it's pathetic. But anyhow, talking about like Akron and local shit. Well, when we were at the zoo that day, I heard something as I was walking around, but which made me sick. There was a guy. I mean, there was like they had like those um uh, what should I call it? food kiosks throughout the zoo, which, okay, like I was saying before, the fucking zoo only had about an hour's worth of shit to look at because almost everything was closed. So if you cannot 
like wait till you're fucking done walking around for an hour to get something to eat or at least go to the fucking vending machine and get a soda i don't i i couldn't even believe that the vendors were open in there given that most of the exhibits were closed but i guess they got to make money somehow it's just it wasn't necessarily that i was i wasn't mad at the zoo about that it was just what i overheard was this fucking jerk off like he was just being rude about ordering his food and he yells to the woman, he's like, yeah, and don't forget to put the ranch dressing all over the chicken fingers because I can't eat chicken fingers without ranch dressing. And Jim and I just looked at each other like, did we just hear what we thought we think we just heard? You know, just disgusting. I mean, what the fuck is with this, this love affair with ranch dressing? It is so repulsive. And I like things that have tangy flavors to them, but ranch dressing is not one of them. It's just fucking it's like ugh, it's like freaking jizz with like fucking seasoning in it or something i don't know it makes me sick the smell is repulsive the texture is disgusting and everybody fucking eats it here they put it all over everything they put it on fucking pizza i'm not kidding you see now i grew up in new york and i guess i was spoiled knowing that it not that every fucking place in new york has got not new york city up central new york state not every pizza place up there is wonderful, but even their mo- the shittiest one has can actually make the most basic pizza and make it edible. And all you really need is three components. You need dough, you need, well, you need a good dough, that is. It has to be thin crust. A good sauce and cheese that doesn't taste like plastic. And you can get away with a, 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 even a halfway decent pizza in New York with just those three things. But it's better if you perfect those three components instead of masking it with piles of shit like they do in Ohio, which is like shit like fucking, I've seen mashed potatoes, I've seen chunks of burger, chicken wing sauce, ranch dressing, fucking just shit that does not belong anywhere in the universe of pizza. So I just call that shit shitza because that's what it is. And I'm probably doing myself favors by not consuming this fucking trash. It's probably why my cholesterol level is actually good, even though the rest of my health is shit. But that probably has a lot to do with it that I'm like, hey, does anybody want pizza tonight? No. (laughs) Not this fucking shitza. But yeah, enough about the the nasty, shitty pizza. We're going to move on to another band that starts with D. And I'm going to go completely obvious with this one and pick Duran Duran. And it's not so hard to figure out why the hell I'd pick Duran Duran. Because they're probably the third band after the Kinks and the Who that I ever really got into. But it's funny that I have a massive collection of Duran Duran vinyl and I didn't get it by buying it. I acquired it in a very strange way and I'll tell you I'll tell you a little bit about that. Probably about 20 years ago, maybe longer. I had this friend of mine Joe who um he was cleaning out the apartment that his uh grandmother was like she had rental space above her garage and whoever lived in there before had apparently left behind two crates of records. And since she was an older woman, she asked Joe, "Can you, you know, help me clean out the space?" So he's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. So he's up there and he sees these two crates of records and he's flipping through them. And he's just like, he doesn't really recognize anything in it, but, but Duran Duran. And he's just like, I don't know what to fucking do with this. And he didn't really have a whole lot of time to deal with it. So he asked me if I wanted it. And I'm like, sure, I'll take some free records, no matter what they are. 
I figured if even if some of them were shitty, I could probably maybe trade them in and get, you know, music I actually like. But what shows up is these two, like, milk crates full of nothing but just pristine condition, 80s, early 80s, new wave shit. And I couldn't fucking believe the, the, the quantity of Duran Duran stuff that was in this collection. Whoever the fuck this person was who had these two crates of records, that, that he must have, he or she, well actually it is a he from what I found out later, it was a guy who who had this collection. They must have been like, he must have worshipped them because why would anybody have five copies of The Wild Boys on seven inch singles with one with each member of the band on the cover? <laughs> Well, guess what? I have those now in my collection, <laughs> along with a few other, like, uh, Japanese imports. It's a 12-inch singles of songs I never knew they had singles for. Just in, in, in amazing condition, too. Let alone there was other great shit in, that, in those two crates, and a lot of those things are still in my collection because I'm like, oh, fuck, man, I can't believe that this was like a gold mine that landed in my lap. I mean, like I was saying, he didn't really know what to do with the shit because he was more into, uh, you know, death metal and black metal and shit like that. So he was like, eh, uh, I don't, uh, I just need to get the hell out of here, basically. So, of course, I, I mean, I was, when he met, asked me if I wanted it, I figured he was going to, you know, ask, you know, put a price tag on it. And I still probably would have bought it, but like, no, I just ended up with it. And I'm going to play something that came from that... <laughs> A fucking just windfall of music that landed into my lap. I'm gonna I'm not gonna play something that was really that popular by Duran Duran, but really fucking old. And what it's gonna be is uh, Careless Memories from the 12-inch single of Careless Memories. Uh, this is probably the oldest item I have there is in this collection. And it's not like I didn't ha- already have Duran Duran things. That's the funny thing about all this is that. I, uh, after getting this, uh, <laughs> these two crates, I, I, I ended up having at least five copies of Rio. <laughs> and that includes the copy I already had, but, like, uh, it's just, it's just funny how, like, I mean, this person, not, not only did they buy all the rarities, but they bought the main popular things in more than one copy. I mean, that's, that's how serious this, this shit was. And I asked Joe years later, I'm like, who the, did you know who this fucking person was? Or was this just like some random person that, you know, you you know, your grandmother was running to. And he said he actually knew who the guy was. I guess he used to date like his cousin, one of his cousins or something. And he said he was a real asshole. So he was glad that the guy doesn't have the shit in his, in his possession because apparently like long after Joe gave me this, these, these records, the guy was like asking around for him. Never mind, he abandoned them at the place. They had been sitting up in that that uh, apartment for like over five years. So I guess he really wasn't that concerned about getting his hands on them. I'm not sure. I can't. I don't know if he was evicted or him and his girlfriend broke up or whatever the case may be. It doesn't matter. I don't. I don't give a shit. The shit's mine. And now you're gonna hear "Careless Memories" by Duran Duran here on Migoria. Gone, my sense is sharpened. 
So, Jules, I've got a perfect story for you. So, in my Facebook group, I kick out one of those low-grade assholes, you know, some miscreant thug that doesn't need to exist, but unfortunately does. Anyway, I kick him out, he threatens me, tell him to go fuck himself. Um, and what does he do? The same thing all these thugs do. Um, they send their female friends after me to insult me on Facebook. And um, she insults me, she tries to piss me off, but it doesn't really work. I just feel a lot of regret for spending so much money on penis enlargement pills when I apparently have such a small dick. But anyway, I'm, I'm not entertained by the conversation. I tell her I need to go. I'll talk to her later. And what does she do? She fucking says, um, uh, what do you have to do? You don't have any friends. So I go, I, have to, I was doing this. And I, take, I turn around, and I take a snapshot of the sh my fresh shit in the toilet for her to view. And then I block her. That's all I got to say. Kenny, that is the best fucking response I could. I am so proud of you, man. I would have done the same fucking thing. And, you know, she didn't even deserve that much. But you know what? What better way to say you're a piece of shit than to send somebody a fucking photograph of a fresh piece of shit, shit, shit out of your ass. You know, for like the whole from me to you, I only care to send the very best shit senders, you know? 
dude, when the hell are we going to get a fucking job working for that kind of company? I don't know. But that, that was a perfect response to that. These, I know what you're talking about. I know these fucking, these fucking pussies that want to start some shit online, want to start some fucking shit they can't finish. And they, and it's, and it happens either way. It's either a fucking girl start it. And when she can't finish it, her fucking big thug idiot boyfriend will come in and try to like, I go kill you. Oh, just like pretty girl. I will kill you for saying shit to my girl, blah, blah, blah. Not even understanding the context of anything. And then you got these guys who start some shit that aren't, they're not fucking smart enough to finish. They don't have enough fucking of a brainstem to even like breathe. And when they get like, oh shit, I, I ran out of words, they get their girlfriend. But their girlfriend's no smarter than they are. So they just refer to like, your dick small. It's like, Jesus Christ, if you're going to fucking flip somebody some shit, come up with something that's not so cliche. I mean, come on. But, you know, I always, I always hated when like, when women have to go, it's, have to go for like the penis fucking size thing too. <laughs> it's not even really all that insulting unless you're an idiot, you know? <laughs> If you're, like, as stupid as your fucking boyfriend, then he'd, you know, take that shit personally. But anybody with, like, any kind of fucking wit about them, they hear, like, that kind of insult thrown at them. A piece of shit is what needs to be flung right back at them. So, bravo. So, let's move on here. And here we go with another edition of fucking horrible personal ads for... Either personal ads or dating profiles, but this one I think is more of a personal ad. This is this is pretty fucking repulsive. This is a, a gentleman who goes by the name of Tom. Uh, subject subject says sex late tonight. Hi, I'm married with kids, not looking to change my situation. By the way, there's no punctuation here. I'm only looking for what I don't get at home. A wild woman who likes to be in the driver's seat during sex and loves being on top to ride me like I have never been rode before. Discreet sex only, no relationships. Okay, I have to take a breath here because there's no fucking punctuation. I'm disease-free. You be as well. Aww. Also, I have protection. This don't have to be a one-way street. I will eat your pussy if you're clean shaved. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ladies, if you're lucky, you know, you gotta fucking basically mow the lawn down there for this gentleman. Uh, also, put your hair in pigtails. Get on your hands and knees. I like to pull them as I pound you from behind. If you're, spelled Y-O-U-R, not Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, Uncomfortable alone, bring a girlfriend with make sure she is clean shaved too. Does not have to be a one-time deal either. If we both enjoy it and you're cool with just sex, we could be secret FWBS, which I don't even know what the fuck that means because I, I don't I don't get it. As well, if this sounds good, find me at the in the Walmart parking lot today, Monday, October 5th at 11 p.m., Park at the very back of the lot, closest to the road, in the middle. Leave your vehicle running so I know you're there for me. This, wow, this sounds fucking sketchy. Yeah, if you want to get murdered, this is what you do. I chose this location because the lot is lit up super bright at night, so it's kind of like the daytime. No, it isn't. 
If someone is there when I get there, I will pull right in front of you. If you get there after me, please pull right up behind me when I get out of my truck and turn and face your vehicle so I can see what you look like clear as day. Oh, so why? He can, like, entrap, you know, basically lure this woman there. He's going to probably kill her anyway, but um, he's got to make sure she's good looking enough for his disgusting ass. Then I will get in my back seat and leave the door open. If you like what you see, get in, or if you have a house you can host. Approach me and tell me to follow you, or if your back seat is bigger than mine, tell me and I'll just get in yours. Either way, walk over to me, or if for some reason you don't like what you see, which I doubt, just leave. I drive a 2016 silver gray Jeep. If no one is there when I get there, I will wait 30 minutes from the time I get there and hope someone shows, then leave, but I really hope somehow someone does show I need this bad and my wife and the wife coexist for kids. Nothing more, nothing there anymore. No sex for a long time. Although I post all the time, this yet has yet, this has yet to happen. Gee, I, I wonder why, dude, this is such a mouthwatering proposition. Women only, please, not into guys, thanks. If you're nervous, take comfort in knowing no talking is necessary, which necessary spelled wrong. And hold on a second here, because Kittler is fucking going wild. He must, he must, he must want to fucking fuck this guy. No talking is necessary. Just get in my back seat and start taking your clothes off. I will do the same, and then I will lay down, and you can sit on my face, then ride my cock. No matter where we go, this can happen. If you prefer to talk, we can do that. Please, no perfume. I cannot come home smelling like another woman. Thank you. <laughs> okay, ladies, get on that shit, because, wow, he sounds like a real fucking catch. <laughs> That's the uh, shitty personal ads on episode D of My Gurria. What do you call an artist with a brown finger? A Picasso. back with my Maria. And uh, there was something that um, I, I got a few questions, actually, um, not necessarily from from voicemail, but a few questions that were uh, given to me. I wouldn't say given. I'd say posted to me either on my own personal Facebook page or on the my Maria Facebook page. And actually, there was a couple of good questions that um, I probably should answer, given that this is a mostly music-oriented show. And one question, and this is actually the two questions I'm going to address, they both come from Shelly Ryder. Um, she wanted to know what were the worst concerts as well as the best concerts I've been to. Well, the best ones is really hard to, I would say that's, that's actually harder to answer. 
And I'd say that's hard to answer because there's been, there has been some really fucking amazing ones that I've can't believe I've, I've gotten to see, but the worst ones are, they're so fucking bad that they, they actually make me cringe just to have to remember them. So I will go through the few of the worst ones and I will just start right off with Sonic Youth. They have got to be, I, I, hands down, the worst fucking band I've ever seen live. I have seen fucking bands at talent shows in high school that actually were less cringe-inducing. But no, did I see Sonic Youth once? No. I've seen these fucking assholes three fucking times, and each time I just wanted to fucking slit my wrists by the end of the show. You're wonder, probably wondering, why the fuck would you see them three times? Well, each time... <laughs> I was talked into it. Well, the first time I had seen them, they were part of a festival. And that really wasn't, like, that wasn't the draw for me. And even that wasn't, their performance at that was boring, but it was, like, kind of expected to be boring. And luckily they weren't on that long. But the uh, festival show was the um, Harry Smith Project that happened in New York City back in 1999. And there was a bunch of very interesting acts that were, you know, it was a benefit that was... um, organized by Hal Wilner, and I had heard that both Nick Cave and Gavin Friday were going to be at this show, and I was like, I have got to fucking go to this. So me and my friend Tommy Snot, we drove down to New York City. You know, I'll, I'll get into that story at some other point. I'll just say that. That was the first time I saw Sonic Youth, and it wasn't that they really, I didn't think they were horrendous. They're just like, I mean, they didn't really, nothing really stood out to me considering I wasn't there to see them anyway. And there was actually worse shit on that bill that night, <clears throat> Lou Reed, than they were, believe it or not, as far as the performance went. So I wasn't like that put off about seeing them at another, you know, time. I just was like, you know, I wasn't there to see them anyway. So the second time I went, I was, uh, they played, I believe it was in Syracuse. I can't remember the venue, but I was talked into it by someone I am no longer friends with and my um, then boyfriend at the time who I'm, I'm on good terms with. I'd, I'd never shit talk him, um, but they were both really into Sonic Youth and they're like, yeah, yeah, we got to go. It's pretty amazing that they're playing so close and blah, blah, blah. And the opening band were fucking turds too. the period of time. I'd say this was also around maybe 1999, 2000 esque ish, whatever. I saw, okay, when I saw the this particular bad show that was in Syracuse, you know, I didn't really have a bad, I didn't really care, for, you know, from like the Harry Smith project. It's like, yeah, all right, I'll go see Sonic Youth, whatever. So, I mean, I never really liked them, but I figured uh, maybe they're a better band live because like, you know, the one friend I'm no longer friends with had seen before. He's like, oh man, they are so fucking great, man. You 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 gotta go, blah, blah, blah. You're It's really gonna blow you away, man. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, all right, all right, I'll go. So I'm at the show, and the show probably went on for at least an hour and a half, two hours. And let me tell you, it was an hour and a half of two hours of bullshit. It was just, it just sounded like fucking a band, like, during sound check, just fucking around. I mean, they're, they were so pretentious and so bad that I'm just like, oh my fucking God, what what, what the hell am I watching, you know? Like I said, I didn't really like them that much to begin with, because I know that they fucking go on and on with their droney shit and their fucking distortion, but this was, this was incredibly awful. So, 
you know, we're on the way home after the show and like, you know, the, the friend I went with who was driving, he's like, man, it was fucking great, man, whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm just kind of rolling my eyes looking out the window. I had a fucking headache at that point. I didn't want to even discuss it. The next day, you know, after, uh, you know, after I went home and everything, you know, I met up with the same friend and my, uh, my ex-boyfriend and they were like, yeah, it was a really great show. And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? A really great show. What the hell did you guys see that I didn't see? I just saw a bunch of fucking assholes that don't know how to play an instrument between the four of them and nobody can sing. And all they do is just make fucking, make it so loud. You can't discern what the hell's going on. And they're like, well, I mean, we were like tripping balls. I go, oh, okay. Okay. There's the reason why it was good because you guys were tripping balls, meaning that you hallucinated that it was a good performance. I see. And they're like, you just really got to open your mind. I'm like, I fu- no fucking doors closed. I don't need, I saw it for what it was. You guys saw a, a fucking phantom hallucination of whatever this shit was. See, because I didn't fucking drop fucking acid and trip balls because I wasn't, you know, I didn't, I probably should have. My life probably would have been happier at points, but I never did. All right. So that was Sonic Youth fucking absolutely horrendous show. A year later, these two shitheads, because I'm still, you know, dating the same guy. I'm still friends with the ex-friend at this point. They're like little Sonic Youth playing up in Montreal. Now, Montreal is like, from where I was living, was like a fucking five and a half, six hour drive. I'm like, yeah, so? Like, well, we should all go up. I'm like, I have no interest in ever seeing them again. And they're just like, oh, it'll be great. And I'm like, I went along. And here's the only reason why I went along. Because Montreal is a fucking cool city. (laughs) I figured, okay, well, maybe I get a free day trip out of it. Now, this show was probably just as bad, if not worse, and there was a opener who, <laughs> who goes by the name of Tam, and I've had some kind of uh, online disputes with this person probably about, I don't know, fucking eight, nine years ago. Very um, bizarre and delusional musician that apparently... I don't know, I thought she had a higher hierarchy in the fucking Sonic Youth Kingdom more than she actually did. But that's not even that's not even really what I took away from that night. I just saw Chick Ban, who was terrible, and Sonic Youth came on and they were fucking worse. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying it, but they were actually fucking worse. So now that's one of the worst concerts. Well, worst bands I've ever seen, because there was more than one concert to see how bad they were. The first time unmemorable so I, I can't really say it was good or bad but it was at least it was only like one song <laughs> but there is that's not the only bad concert i've fucking been to oh god there are some others that are just but i'd still have to say the sonic youth one was the worst but i'll quickly um talk about the second worst and again something i was talked into going to and i was talked into going by that ex-friend of mine and i'm not going to get into why i'm not friends with this asshole anymore and I'm just going to stop right there because I've got a million like a laundry list of reasons why this person makes me want to vomit. But I was talked into going to see Fish because they're so really great, man. Oh, my God. You really need to experience it. You're so open minded when it comes to music. You really got to see Fish. And I'm like, well, I'm not fucking paying for it. <laughs> I'm only going to buy tickets. I had no fucking money. So it's like, if I'm going to go see a show, 
if I don't somehow like win the tickets or whatever, or if they're promotional things, at that time, I better have liked something for me to pay for it because I mean, I really had, I, I didn't have, you know, a fucking pot to piss in. So buying tickets to a show, that was like, you know, food, rent, fucking medication for, you know, for, well, I'll get into it at some other point, my medical history of having seizures, which I had to be on medication for, for far too long and it never fucking helped. If anything did more damage than good. But yeah, I, my, I had no health insurance, so every fucking thing I had to deal with was out of pocket, like 100% upfront costs. No wonder why my health is so shitty now. It's all the fucking damage from like not being able to take care of myself when I was younger. But anyhow, yeah, so the next show was Fish, and it was in Buffalo, New York. And I remember we drove out to this fucking thing. And from where we were at in uh, central New York State, it was at least a three to four hour drive to Buffalo. And it was fucking raining, and it was like, you know, like raining the whole way with like a little bit of sleet. We get there, we meet up with some of his like, I don't know, some of his old college roommates from when he went to school for a semester and flunked out. And all these guys were just a bunch of fucking potheads anyway, which no surprise, it's a fish concert. But I couldn't have been, I couldn't have stood out more at this concert because it was just basically an ocean of, of patchouli and armpits and fucking weed and gauze skirts, tie-dye shirts, you know, fucking beads, dirty fucking hair, dreadlocks, you know, the, the just fucking gross, just gross white people. <laughs> and here I am, probably the only person in the whole fucking building that took a shower that day. I'm probably at my highest, um, I'd say I was at my, my peak of, I guess, of, of how goth I was ever going to look because my hair was dyed black at the time. And I had short black hair. I uh, was wearing all leather. Well, actually, I couldn't afford leather. It was pleather, but it was a pleather suit, basically, back when I could actually fucking pull something off like that. You know, fucking boots. I mean, I did, I was, I did not look like I belonged at a fucking fish concert. And, you know, you know, I had fucking black, long, fake eyelashes on and that kind of shit. Basically trying to be sort of like Susie Sue back then. <laughs> but not Susie Sue. Um, not Hong Kong Garden Susie Sue. Not Candyman Susie. More like uh, the passenger era of Susie. I was definitely trying to go for that look for a while when I had, like, short black hair. But anyhow, I go to this fucking audience. I mean, it's just, it's just a, just a, it was a football stadium. It was at the, I think, the fuck, Rich Stadium and whatever it's called now. I think it's the, I don't remember. All I know is it was the same stadium I saw the fucking Who at in 1989. It was only half full. And there was no parking anywhere. Because it's in fucking Buffalo really, you know. So did Cleveland with the fucking Brown Stadium and like Buffalo with the fucking Bills Stadium. Yeah. Why would you build a fucking massive, and I mean massive stadium in the middle of a shitty kind of area that either Buffalo, it's like sort of a shitty rundown residential area. And then fucking Cleveland, it's right on the lake. And neither of these civil engineers thought to build like adequate parking. So you end up fucking parking and like some out in front of somebody's house hoping to not get towed because you might be blocking the fucking uh, fire hydrant or whatever. So we go to the so back to the show. I mean, it was it's OK. It was bad in the sense that I, I just did not belong in this crowd of stink. <laughs> I mean, and it did. It fucking smell 
atrocious. Like, I mean, it kind of smelled like fucking burning garbage. That That's the best way I can describe what dirty hippie, dirty hair, dirty clothes, fucking skunk weed in a damp environment. That's what it smells like. It's just like fucking burning garbage because it's <laughs> it pretty much is. Now, as far as Fish's performance... Now, I can't say that they were bad musicians at all. It's just their fucking shit is so goddamn boring that I actually fell asleep at the concert. I mean, no bullshit. I fell asleep at a fucking concert. We're talking, it wasn't quiet there. It wasn't like we were seeing a fucking opera or piano recital or something like that or a fucking string quartet. It was a band that was pretty much playing nonstop for like fucking two and a half, three hours, and the noise never wavered. People never stopped screaming. The fucking cl- I, maybe the fucking stank weed fucking knocked me out or something. But I, for one, I was never going to stand up during a show of a band that I had zero interest in, and I actually fell asleep. <laughs> that tells you about how great that was. So. I think I covered some really bad ones in this break. I think I'll talk about more in another segment, either maybe in another episode or maybe later on in this episode. We'll see. Because I just thought of two other ones that were fucking pathetic. And um, But those Sonic Youth and Fish are the ones that definitely stand out as being the worst. As far as the best, I honestly can't answer that. That's If I had to think of... No, there isn't one I can really narrow down as far as being the best concert I've ever seen. Because I've seen some imp- incredible performances by musicians and groups that I didn't like as much as, say, another one, but their performance was so fucking good that it just was, like, mind-blowing. So I can't really answer the best ones. But worst, yeah, because I can always focus on the negative, you know. <laughs> Well, anyhow, we should probably get back to um, playing some sort of music. I think since we're still on the we're on the letter D, I'm gonna play something by a group called D Out. And D Out were a German group. They were from Berlin, and they um, consisted of I can't remember every person in the group, but I know Thomas Widler from the Bad Seeds, the drummer of the Bad Seeds. That's where he started. But they collaborated a lot with. Pretty much everyone that was involved with the birthday party or Neubaut and Kid Congo Powers. Uh, they also collaborated with, let's see, Deborah Harry, <laughs> people from Sonic Youth, Ugh. Jeffrey Lee Pierce. I mean, they're mostly, D-Out were mostly an instrumental band, but they would occasionally have a song that would um, incorporate a singer on it. I discovered D out because of my obsession with Nick Cave and I'd found some, I don't know, some fucking videotape catalog that had Nick Cave was cro- was like listed as being the way it was listed. was It was like he was a member of a fucking, he was like an actor in a movie, but it wasn't really a movie. It was a live concert video called Sweat. And he performs three songs live with D out as well. Um, Blake Sabargeld's also involved. Anita Lane, Lydia Lunch. Ugh. Um, Alexander Hack from Neubauen, they were all kind of, you know, they all did this, they're kind of bit parts with the band. And I'm like, and I felt like the, they were very, I mean, the, as far as instrumentals go, they had a lot of their own instrumental tracks in this live video. They're an excellent fucking band. Just a very, like, I mean, a very tight unit musically. The shit was, you know, it was, 
basic rock. I mean, it was like basic rock and roll in the sense of like drummer, guitarist, bassist, you know, or two guitarists, I should say. No keyboards or synths or anything like that. No, nothing synthetic. Not that there's anything wrong with that because I fucking love that. They're just a really good band. I think that's enough stumbling over that. So I'm going to play D. Howe when they collaborated with Mick Harvey and uh, they did a cover of an old song called Sad Dark Eyes. So this is D. Howe and Mick Harvey with Sad Dark Eyes here on My Guria. Welcome back to my Guria. Typically, on uh, these episodes, I've been doing maybe one to two movie reviews, sometimes more, per show. I've watched too many movies recently to do a review of each one of the ones I've watched, because I always tend to watch more film in uh, October, because I love watching horror films around the time of, uh, of Halloween, even though I always end it on the 31st with watching Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. That's always going to be probably one of my favorite horror films of all time. And it's one of those things that some people just don't understand my love for it. But it's just like, this fucking movie, I really wish it wasn't in the Halloween franchise. Because it would have stood on its own as being a fucking brilliant, albeit cheesy horror film. But it's fucking perfect. But anyhow, I'm going to move on to the ones I did watch this time. Now, as far as the ones I did watch, all of them have been horror films. so they've And they've all come out in the 70s and maybe early 80s. 
So based on that, a lot of the films, I, I mean, I, when I, when I look for film, horror films to watch, I fucking hate new ones. I really do. Except for like the, the witch was great and, uh, good night. Mommy was good. Sinister was pretty fucking good too, even though that's not really new anymore. You know, newer horror films are usually just shit, rehashed shit, rebooted shit. We talked about this last time. Every genre is affected by this fucking crap. And it's the same, same fucking gags and scary... It's, it's, it tries to outgross each other as far as it's like gr- the level of gruesome it can, it can get up to. But I still love horror films for not... I love, I love the, the suspense and the, uh, if it's a good one, it's got good cinematography, it's got good fucking film score to it, it's got a good atmosphere, minimal gore is in the film, but yeah, it still, like, gets you, gets under your skin. And this is fucking 60s, 70s, and some of the early 80s was perfect, perfect, I'd say the 70s was the best, but, like, it's so much ripe for the picking in that. So all the films I watched were of 70s, early 80s, so... All right, from 1981, The Monster Club that had Vincent Price and John Carradine in it. And this was more of a horror comedy than, um, than anything else, I'd have to say. And I totally dug it. It was, it was, it was funny, and it was, but it was also, you empathized with the monsters in it. But the whole kind of um, scene of the film, you know, it starts with um, Vincent Price is a vampire, and John Carradine is a, is a horror writer. And John Carradine's walking down the street, and he sees his... Uh, his picture and his um, books on display in a bookstore. And then he gets, promptly gets uh, accosted by Vincent Price on the street asking for, like, money or something or, you know, whatever. And then he gets bit. But Vincent Price doesn't turn him into a vampire just yet or he doesn't um, doesn't kill him or anything like that. He's interested in him and he wants to recruit him for this underground club called the Monster Club. And the Monster Club, he takes him to an actual place that is the Monster Club, which is this basement nightclub and it's so evocative of, of shit of like the late 70s and early 80s of what nightclubs would be like if there was a band playing and it was it was really it had a good amount of cheese in that which I, I i totally like i like the atmosphere of that 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 had me laughing at a lot of the you know cheesiness of it he wants to recruit john carradine into his you know because he's like he's like you have humans have like you know the most they're the scariest of them all and you've got quite the imagination, you know. So he's trying to proposition John Carradine into the Monster Club, and it's funny because like all the, uh, like, you know, it's it's a it's like a, how a nightclub would be. There's just people all over the place, but everyone's got these like really horrible rubber masks on because they're, apparently they're supposed to be monsters, but you know, there's they're more like extras in the film, and they're all dancing to various bands that are playing on stage, and uh, and they had four different bands in this film play on stage. They would play the whole their whole songs, and the songs were related to horror themes. But the bands were all shitty. This would have been like a perfect opportunity for like a band like the Cramps to have been in a film. Just them performing. It would have been in this sort of context would have been fucking perfect. But now they got these other. I can't even remember who the bands were, but they're they're all bad except for like one that kind of made me laugh. This guy kept slurping like he was like sucking blood out of his girlfriend. He was kind of made to look like he was undead. Like, yeah, given that period of time, like, it was, this film was made in 1981. Shit, there would have been so many fucking goth bands that would have lined up for this gig. <laughs> and it would have made a, a better film. I don't know, maybe not. I mean, maybe the crappiness of the bands in it added to its allure, but I don't know, I felt like fast-forwarding over those scenes. 
But it was an anthology film, much like a lot of other films that Vincent Price had done. I mean, he did full-length films, but he did a lot of anthology films where there were like mini-stories within a larger plot. And this one had what it focused on where like, because he goes over this thing where it's like a, a monster family tree of how uh, when they interbreed, what happens. <laughs> so he covered like the low end of the totem pole of certain monsters and they all had their own story. At the end, finally, he gets gets their chairman of the monster club together and they all collectively, I guess, elect or welcome John Carradine to their, to their, to their fold, their coven or whatever, their club exclusivity. I could tell you that part, but I'm not going to tell you the individual stories in it because those are really intriguing. I have to say, I wish I, you know, not that I wish I had seen it sooner because like I need to keep watching films before I run out of, I don't want to run out of good films to watch either, but I'm always searching for like gems of that era. I have seen quite a few and getting to the point where I'm like, fuck, is there anything left? There is. It's just a matter of, you know, finding the format to watch it on. So do I recommend The Monster Club? Definitely. Definitely. So this was a, this was a good film to watch. Uh, It's on Amazon Prime. That's where I found it. So it's a freebie watch if you have Prime. So that, that wraps up that one for this edition of, well, not this one. First movie I'm going to talk about for my Gurria. Horny little Steven Seaman fingers had the stickiness that lingers. Desire fluttered through his mind, thinking of a girl's behind. He began to grip and pump, mind honed in on that round rump. In the shower, piston power stimulates a rising tower, but plan ahead he does not, for the water gets a bit too hot. So excitement led to what he hated, for all has come coagulated, right all over his clenched fist, disgruntled, dismayed, and pissed. So little Steven's semen fingers got the stickiness that lingers. What a way to end the day. Now he can't wash it away. <laughs> oh man, that was great. I <laughs> Boy, did I get a fucking visual with that one. Thank you for the very descriptive poetry there, Kenny. It's great to have male friends who actually like him and my old friend Tom Tommy Snot from last week's episode their imaginations that are <laughs> rife with with just descriptive qualities most people don't think these ways but I appreciate it episode's shitty job segment is one that I find very troubling considering yes of course this one would pop up on my radar given my technical background and skills so let's just get right to it this one isn't going to be as long as the one in episode c yeah it's not going to be quite as long but it's going to be probably equally as nauseating at least for me it was so here we go job title lead graphic designer Okay, so far so good, right? Wrong. For 
a company, which I'm not going to say the name, but all I'm going to tell you, it's for a church. That's where shit goes awry. Job summary. As the lead graphic designer, you'll work within the creative team to build engagement and create atmosphere through visual and print media. You'll help concept. That doesn't even make any fucking sense. You'll help concept and create content. I think they meant to say you'll help conceptualize, but, you know, that would be too much out of their fucking grasp to maybe proofread their fucking ad. Alright, you'll help concept and create content that builds the platform of the Blah Blah Church in order in our mission to reach the lost. <laughs> oh, God. Essential responsibilities and duties. Find new and improved ways to market content through media. Lead the design team in creating and developing design solutions for assigned print, multimedia, and electronic pieces. Collaborate with the digital marketing team to set the stylistic and artistic direction of advertising and ensure branding continuity. They mean aesthetics. Possess a creative, imaginative aptitude and awareness of current trends in the visual arts. Basically use shitty templates. Build and develop relationships with vendors for use by church-wide departments as required. Job requirements. Expert level proficiency of common graphic design tools and software. They don't say which specific ones, so I can guarantee they're going to be like, Oh, you're a graphic designer? Well, can you, um, can you edit my whole fucking sermon in a video on, uh, I think it's called Adobe Premiere or maybe Adobe After Effects? Yeah, that's the thing. This is one of the fucking things that really sticks in my ass about graphic design job listings. They seem to think that fucking video editing is the same thing, or animation is the same thing, or setting up a fucking whole IT department. It's 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 always bullshit. But when they're when they're that vague, you know that's a fucking red flag right there. Okay, high level understanding and passion for marketing. <laughs> Who really loves and has passion for marketing? All it is is about fucking selling shit and getting money. If you actually love doing it, then you're a fucking soulless asshole. Even though I have worked in marketing, and I've done very well with it, it's because the only way you can do well with it is to have no passion for it. <laughs> when you have no care in the fucking world for the... For, for the people that receive it. That's that's when it actually is successful. When it's fucking mindless drivel. Okay, very high attention to detail. Oh yeah, I do have that. Since I already found that they can't even fucking string together a sentence that describes what they want. Great time management skills and ability to work under pressure. Meaning that someone's going to be fucking hovering over you. Oh my god. <laughs> And they'll probably say, but I'm your guardian angel. I'm just looking out for you. No, you're fucking hovering. <laughs> you're in my personal space. You're going to give me COVID. Exceptional communication skills. Yeah, you better if you're doing any, some, any form of graphic arts, communications of anything like that. You better have good communication skills. Performs other related duties as assigned and required. Here we go. That is right there is you're going to be fucking sweeping up the fucking, uh, in between the pews and the church. You're gonna be basically going to get lunch for the fucking pastor or whoever the hell this guy is, uh, fucking evangelist, whatever. 
you're going to be doing shit that has nothing to do with what this fucking job says. And here we go. There's more. Knowledge, skills, and abilities. Four plus years of professional graphic design experience. Well, I definitely have that. Portfolio available online. Please include link in resume or submit files of the application. This, this, is, this is where it really gets good. It gets really rich in why this is a shit job. Code of conduct and character. The blah blah church is pastor-led. Okay, so it is a pastor. And staff-driven with board oversight. The staff are considered leaders and ministers of the gospel and therefore agree to the following. Meaning that you have to agree to the following. Number one, develop and maintain a close personal walk with the Lord. Walk with the Lord, huh? (laughs) Including daily devotional time with the Lord and daily dependence on the empowerment of the Spirit. Okay, I guess when I spend the time with the Lord, that's gotta be one that's gonna be my shit break during the day. Where I'm like, when I got a fucking diarrhea ripping th- through me like a fucking machete going, Oh God, please don't kill me. I guess that's my moment where I walk with the Lord. <laughs> oh, there's more. Develop a strong marriage and family life. This includes communicating and sharing with your spouse. Oh yeah, because you know what? Why would I be married if I didn't share or communicate with my spouse? Like I need some other fucking asshole outside influence to tell me that's what I need to do. I'm about the only person I know that actually has a good marriage. Uh, it, it, it must be that Lord's intervention that I, you know, because I'm always I'm such a fucking church goer. Yeah, spending time together on days off and when extra time is available. Well, during COVID, we can't even get the fuck away from each other, so uh, I guess that's a given. But at the same time, this isn't this does not appear to be a remote, like workable job here, which is fucking bullshit. Because any any graphic design job, as far as remote work at home jobs go, this is one that's always not always. I can't say always in from the beginning of fucking time. But as soon as people had broadband and they had the software and they had the computer that could actually maintain the software and have enough power to, to do the work, this is one of those type of technologies that has been that has had the ability to do, be doing remote work. But if, the, if an employer doesn't allow you to do graphic design remote work in your own office space, there's two reasons for that. One, and this is a legitimate one, if you have proprietary stuff and uh, legitimate security issues. Like if you're doing stuff that you don't want your competitors to even remotely get their hands on, that's absolutely understandable. But most of the time that's not the case. Most of the time an employer doesn't even invest in anything that big. They just want you around so they can be up your ass all fucking day and like micromanage your every breath your every your every eye blink. That's what they want to do. They they just want to fucking needle you until you snap, and then they look at you like, "What did I do?" Well, I don't know. You've been so far up my ass, I can feel you in the back of my fucking throat. That could be it. Oh, there's more to your uh, whatever your characteristics you need to be adhering to. Co- code of conduct, I should say. Keep personal finances in order with no delinquencies. What the fuck business is it of theirs if you're late on your credit card payment? I'm never I'm never late on my payments. I'm actually one of those few fucking people that pays everything off at the end of the month because I fucking d- 
despise the idea of having to pay fucking, I don't know, what do they, what do they call those goddamn things? Those fucking service charges, those uh, interest charges, shit like that. No, I don't spend so much fucking money that I can't afford to pay it off at the month because I'm not fucking moron that spends out of my means. But I guess if you're somebody who would be a person that attends a church like this, you might just be a fucking moron. Moron or possibly Mormon. <laughs> Attend all regularly scheduled services in the church. Special services and functions will be required as deemed necessary by the lead pastor. So what they're saying up front is like basically they don't give a shit if you have the actual job experience or the job skills. As long as you're one of their fucking minions and you believe their fucking folklore. That's great. That's what I hate about these fucking, these, these, I, I've seen more than one graphic design job come up for a fucking mega church or whatever. And yeah, a lot of the, if they don't mention anything about you have to fucking like walk with the Lord <laughs> or any of that kind of shit, it's still bullshit, but at least they're not being fucking discriminating up front. Like basically if they, if you want, if you want this job, even though you are beyond qualified for it, you have to basically convert. If you're not already part of their congregation, that'll never fucking happen. <laughs> never. <laughs> okay, there's more here. Maintain a high level of per- personal integrity, honesty, and confidentiality in dealing with both the staff and the congregation. Well, you gotta be sure you do not. Spill the beans <laughs> on who's touching the altar boys. <laughs> okay, maintain a Christian outlook and attitude at all times. Okay, I guess if they want me to have the you know codes of conduct and character, maintain a Christian outlook at all times and attitude. So I guess the fact that I have a you know a bunch of gay friends and uh you know people who fucking worship or don't worship worship anything i can't i guess i wouldn't be able to to maintain my christian outlook and mingle with them in attitude because no one would accept that shit meaning that i can't accept them what a way to fucking live (laughs) okay and finally here maintain loyalty to the staff and church actively promoting unity within the church unity (laughs) unity Ah, don't they mean segregation? (laughs) Commitment to the ministry. By submitting my application for this position, I confirm I have read and accept the above job description slash code of conduct and believe God has called me to serve in this capacity. (laughs) Holy fucking shit. Oh my god, I just had to go there with all those hyperboles because that's the only way you can respond to such rich bullshit as this. But that's it. So episode D's is just... (laughs) It's a little shorter and sweeter, but I think I had more commentary to give because considering the job itself is something I would be overqualified for, definitely, given my background. But the fact that what they're fucking, what they demand in your personal fucking life, which you're supposed to separate your personal life from your work life. But they're talking about work-life balance here. They fucking clearly don't know what the hell that means. But that's it. This is, this is, uh, episode D's shitty job on Migoria.
And we're back with my Garia, and it is the Halloween season, and I probably should have saved the Halloween theme song from uh, John Carpenter for this episode, but his name doesn't start with D. But what I do was going to bring up was, um, do you guys actually get trick-or-treaters at your residence? Because uh, I've been living in the same house for the past eight years, and um, I have yet to have any st- stop at my door. Not that I'm complaining because especially this year I I mean even though I decorated pretty elaborately then I just do it because I like Halloween and I like Halloween decorations and no I don't go with the goopy creepy skeletor looking shit I like stuff that's like clean streamlined which is kind of another reason why I went with that whole idea of making Halloween political signs just as a fucking farce but no I haven't gotten any trick-or-treaters in this house in the past eight years but where I used to live, and uh, a couple, I had a couple different apartments in Cleveland, and you know some of the suburbs up there. And it's one the one place I lived in before I moved here was a rental house in this area called Parma, and it was you know it was a residential street, you know a bunch of ranch houses, a neighborhood where yeah there's kids that were living all over the place. So yeah, the idea of trick or treaters going through there, where it's a street with sidewalks on it, and people participate. Even though I had no, I had no decorations up that year because I had just too much shit going on so you know Jim and I were like just kind of sitting on the couch we got candy just in case but we really weren't expecting much out of it so that particular year holy fucking shit we had so many goddamn trick-or-treaters but here's the part that really fucking sucked about it now I didn't mind giving the kids shit it was the fucking piece of shit parents that were so scummy, you know, they were like, half of them were like, you know, fucking talking on their cell phone while their kids are running around the neighborhood. The same fucking people were bringing their kids back to my house. Like, they were just looping their kid around the neighborhood. And they were just like, it was more than one person who did this. But they were just like the fucking scummiest fucking people on top of that. It's like, disgusting broad with a fucking wife beater on, and she was like, probably like 5,000 fucking pounds. And has kids that clearly are all from different fathers and she's got her friends with her too same kind of shit just fucking trash but the fact that they came to my house more than once it pissed me off the first time it happened but it caused me to run out of candy early and kids were still coming in droves i was like fuck so jim's like all right i'm gonna go to the store and get some more candy i'm like good luck finding any so when he was gone which took a while because you know there was the the Kids walking around all over the place. He had to, like, drive slowly. There wasn't even a store that was that close by to go get the shit anyway. And and also, if a place was still open, that was the other thing. um, Because it was dark out at that point. So, I had some reserve candy. And then the same fucking assholes showed up with their kids again. And I'm just like, fuck this. So I gave them soy sauce packets and fucking mustard. Shit that I had left over from like Arby's and fucking Chinese food. Is that so wrong? (laughs) I had to give them fucking something. They knew I was home. (laughs) Actually, I didn't have to give them shit. I could have just told them to fuck off. But I think the message was delivered. I mean, I I shouldn't have done that to the kids. But it was their scummy parents. Scummy, I would say parents, moms whatever whatever these fucking just just a group of scumbags and it wasn't i feel bad that i'm not calling the kids scumbags because they they can't help who their fucking piece of shit parents are 
But the fact that their parents were encouraging them to do that. It's like, you fucking scum. Go take your kid to another fucking neighborhood and do this if you're going to try to hit up the... You know what I mean? It's just scummy. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Soy sauce, mustard packets, and fucking horsey sauce. That's what they got. All right. (laughs) Enough of my uh, (laughs) horribleness. And now I'm such a fucking Scrooge. Um, There was a... I had another question posted to me, which was... um, Considering I talk about music primarily on here, it was, all right, which famous people or, you know, influential musicians have I met? Well, I've met quite a few, um, but I don't usually like to bring it up because that's kind of fucking name droppy, you know? I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like I've met people, but, I, you know, what, what can I really say? I mean, some have made more of an impact. Some I've kept in touch with. Some... People I've only really connected with online, I guess, but that wouldn't, I don't know if you could say that's meeting, but eh, whatever it is. I mean, if you have, you know, a regular wave of communication with them, but people have met in person. I guess I kind of, I kind of keep that one a little more secretive because, yeah, I don't like saying, oh, guess who I fucking met, you know, like I'm just, you know, showing off. I'll bring it up if somebody else has already brought up the group or musician and they're talking about it. And I'm like, you know, I'll say there's one time I actually met that person. But it's not the thing I go to first. And I kind of don't like to kiss and tell, so to speak. Also, I can't think of anybody that starts with D that I met off the top of my head. <laughs> or anybody who's in a D group. Maybe I have, but, you know, I mean, it's... I I have met quite a few, but I'm 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 not gonna I'm not gonna divulge that because that's kind of that's kind of scummy, honestly. <laughs> There's so many people who are so eager to do that. I mean, I, I, God, especially some of these fucks I've met in Cleveland that always have to let you know who they're friends with or barely friends with, or I just find that so tacky when. People have to tell, that's what they just go to immediately is just to name drop who the fuck they've met before or not even who they met, but it's probably not much more than shaking their hand, but they make it out like they're like their long lost friend suddenly. So it's so, it's so lame. So I'm not going to really get into that. I mean, I'm, I'm only addressing it in this episode because it's like it was asked and I'm, I'm not, I'm not definitely not mad that it was asked, but it was probably like one of those things where. Maybe some of you listeners like, well, is she ever going to like talk about the time she met so-and-so? Because some people know who I've met. Nah, I'm not really going to bring it up unless I'm, I actually happen to play them, you know. But even so, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Um, but what I'm going to play next for you listeners. Well, let's see, we've already played. Okay. Yeah, all right. This was a good one. Um Danielle Dax, that's who I'm going to play next, because she's definitely a unique one and very fucking underrated. And it's too bad because she had a great voice. She actually could play all of her instruments. She was extremely, I mean, like, she had a very unique look, sound, everything, you know, very independent. But I'm sure she probably, you know, would have liked to have gotten more recognition in her career than she has. So, yeah, we're going to play Big Hollow Man from 1987's Inky Bloaters here on My Gurria.
We're back at Migoria, and I think it's time to play more music. And by more music, stuff that starts with D. Bands that start with D. And who haven't I covered yet? Well, there's a lot of bands that start with D. It's another one of those areas of my music collection that has a massive amount of artists to pick from in it. So I haven't played the shitty band of the show yet. So I'll, I'll do that in this one. <laughs> By the way, another thing that you will definitely notice in this particular show, nothing played in this show as before 1990 in this edition. I'll keep with that, keep with that sort of pattern, and I'm going to play a song by a what I would call a butt rock band from the late 80s known as Dangerous Toys. And the song is called Sportin' a Woody, and this comes from their self-titled album, Dangerous Toys. So this is Dangerous Toys of Sport and a Woody from 1989 album here on My
this time again for yet another shitty personal ad slash shitty dating profile. And this one, man, I can tell this one's a major cunt too. I mean, I'm just looking at her picture and I just want to fucking punch her in the face. It's no wonder this asshole's single. So here we go. She's 33 from Omaha, Nebraska. Self-summary. Oh, by the way, this was found, I think, on OkCupid. Intersectional feminist. What the fuck? Roman historian, once and future Londoner. Why even fucking mention that? Already this asshole's trying to show off. Consummate depressive. Insecure fat girl and loving myself. Well, it was pretty fucking obvious she was insecure, even from the very few things she's written so far. Currently taking applications for someone to dress up as Hades and Persephone for Halloween and to cuddle with during horror movie marathons. Yeah, okay. If you voted for that fascist stale Cheeto, immediately swipe left on me. I sincerely want nothing to do with you. Okay, bitch, whatever. (laughs) You know, if if you're already putting your political bullshit as your self-summary to, I guess, I don't know, talk about yourself, but you gotta bring some other asshole up immediately... And you don't, you don't really have that much to say about yourself, but I can tell this is going to turn into like some kind of name dropping or some kind of one-upping, bragging slash complaining about shit. I could already tell this girl sucks, and I can totally see why this fucking asshole is single. It, go, it, it, it goes on. People call me Katie, though I prefer Kate. I'm a cute blonde brunette hybrid. The picture of her hair is brunette who got her shit together and moved to London where I listened to the Beatles nonstop. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, okay, if you are going to brag about moving to London, why don't you... And, and then, you, then you're going to bring up that you listen to the Beatles. You fucking dumb bitch. You, if you're going to brag about this, at least say you, went, you were living in Liverpool and you listened to the Beatles nonstop, where they were fucking from. Oh, no. No, this asshole couldn't possibly be that. (laughs) She's trying to fucking show off. And there's nothing to show off about here. She's just trying to, like, I moved to London. (laughs) I mean, if she was really going to brag about what she listened to while she was in London, why don't you listen to The Who? They got the fucking Union Jack right in their fucking half their logos they did. Let alone, why don't you listen to The Kinks? Because... Who has written better things and, and, and better visuals about London and music than Ray Davies? But no, this asshole wouldn't know that. Whatever. Lamented that I couldn't drink good beer in real pubs. She's bitching about this in London? Well, yeah, maybe. London's probably too commercialized, but, you know, I guess she could have gone in the suburbs and done that. Oh, no, probably not, not, not safe for her. <laughs> Fuck this bitch, man. Anyhow... But what does she mean by good beer? Seriously, if you're in the UK, the standards for brewing are higher there than they are than they are in the United States. So what is she bitching? She can't get her fucking pumpkin spice India pale ale that she got at her local craft brewery. I mean, if you're going to be a fucking arrogant twat about fucking beer, your ass better live in either Belgium or the Czech Republic. Otherwise, just shut the fuck up. All right. Researched human sacrifice. Why? So she can kill her next fucking date? In the ancient Mediterranean underworld, and then had to promptly come back to Omaha because England wants nothing to do with foreigners. (laughs) Say la vie, I guess. Okay, so she had to throw in her fucking Brexit jab. 
and see if anybody was smart enough to pick up on that. I have a little sister. She's 24. I also have a big brother. He's 40. I sometimes wish he didn't live in New York City so I can hang out with him more. The coolest thing about my brother is his biggest regret in life is that he lost his ticket stub in the mosh pit that one time he saw Nirvana. Needless to say, I am jealous. <laughs> Why the fuck would you even bring this up in a personal ad? I, I Obviously, she's had, she has more fondness for her fucking brother. She mi- mentions she has a sister, but... This guy's biggest regret in life is losing his fucking ticket stub in a mosh pit that one time he saw Nirvana. If that's your biggest fucking regret in life, asshole, (laughs) then you must be living a very charmed fucking existence. Jesus Christ. All right. One of the biggest things about me is that I have a huge (laughs) H-U-G-E emphasizing like her, uh, her esteemed leader that she you know, Mr. Cheeto that she wasn't too fond of. I have a huge passion for learning about ancient religions and history. Ancient Rome specifically. And no, it's just not a hobby. I have my master's in ancient history. What a fucking cunt. I, I'm, I'm, you know, she, if she has her master's in ancient history, um, the only kind of work she could plausibly get is to be a teacher But I have a feeling this person is too much of an asshole to actually teach anyone anything. But, you know, she had to say that she had her master's in it just so she can show off a little bit. Just so she can one-up. And She wanted to find a way where she can throw in her her fucking master's degree information so you can just all clamor with, ooh. All right. Things I've worked on include the Vestal Virgins, Constantine, Augustus, Persephone, and Orphism, 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 that's not a word I pronounce that easily, ancient pilgrimage, the Roman underworld, and the deification of the dead, human sacrifice in Rome, and executions of Vestal Virgins. (laughs) Just riveting. I bet you she's one of those assholes that watches the History Channel. And tries to, like, talk over it while someone else is watching it with her to explain how much more she knows than the fucking experts or whatever. And usually the experts on there are fucking assholes, too. But I, I would just, you know, can you imagine fucking watching TV with an asshole like this? Things I want to work on in the future. Ancient sexuality. Why? <laughs> Why fucking bother? It's in the... It's ancient. Oh my fuck. The Vestals as scapegoats of the Romans, women in magic, virginity and sexual purity, the divine inspirations of the Virgin Mary, Persephone's role as ruler of the underworld, proto-feminism in the early church. See, not a hobby. Bitch, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Also, I'm an intersectional feminist, so if you're not down with checking your privilege, talking about the intersections of oppression, and smashing the white supremacist, heteronormative, cis-sexist patriarchy, don't even bother with me. You won't like me very much. I don't even have to know that. I already don't like this bitch. And I I can tell you right now, no one else is going to fucking like this asshole either. Here are some other random miscellaneous facts about me you might enjoy and or appreciate to know. I love the color orange. Oh, and she had to spell it C-O-L-O-U-R because, you know, not that that's a misspelling, but this is like clearly somebody who's 
got to show, oh, I am just so down with the, the English, you know, the English vernacular, the, the British vernacular, the how they spell words there. What the, f- like, like anybody gives a fuck. And she said, okay, specifically the, the color, the sky goes at dusk. She had to spell C-O-L-U-R. And granted, yes, like, like I was saying, it's not misspelled, but she's a fucking, she's American. She's just fucking showing off. George Harrison is my favorite Beatle because, obviously, okay, probably because, well, I mean, as far as the Beatles go, I think he was the most decent member of the group, but whatever, I don't know what her, I don't know what her obvious reasons are, and I don't really give a fuck. I once convinced my little sister about 12 years ago her name was actually Richard. It's still her nickname to this day. Oh, that's nice, you fucking bitch. (laughs) My favorite painter is William Adolph... Bougereau, whatever the fuck that was. I don't even heard of this asshole, and I'm, I have a background in art. <laughs> Close second is Thomas Gainsborough. One time I found a 10-pound note on the ground in Regent's Park. That's it. That's the end of that story. Who cares? All right. What else does she have to say here? Okay. Other characteristics. Voter 2020. Loves black, wait, hold on. Loves hashtag Black Lives Matter. Does she really stand behind Black Lives Matter or she just loves the hashtag? (laughs) Okay, she, uh, I guess this is her sexual identity, preference, whatever. I'm probably, I'm using the wrong fucking terms right now that someone's going to have a fucking shit fit about. Because the terms change every fucking five seconds, it seems. Queer, asexual, demisexual, cis woman, single, monogamous. Uses she, her pronouns. Well, okay. Uh, five, six. And height, overweight. Yeah. No shit, bitch. I'm looking at your picture. Nice fucking uh, AOC bitch red lipstick, too. <laughs> By the way, most people know that I was, I was always a person that tend to wore, to tend to wear... <clears throat> You know, pretty bold red lipsticks. Yeah, I've backed away from that. You want to know why? Because I don't want to be associated with some fucking stupid feminist trend that's a fucking uniform. I never wore red lipstick for that reason. I wore it because I like the contrast of color. I'm more of into aesthetics. This shit is just worn just to look like queen fucking bossy bitch or whatever. Don't, Don't fuck with me. Yeah, whatever, you fucking stupid fuck. All right, <clears throat> she's white. Yeah, no shit. Politically liberal. Speaks English, French, Spanish, and Latin. <laughs> I think what she means is that she can order nachos bel grande. Can say the word croissant. <laughs> croissant. And she can fucking recite some shit she read in the Bible. <laughs> Has a graduate degree. Is agnostic and it's important. Is a Virgo. Oh, whatever. You know, what, what? I'm so sick of fucking astrology as people using that as a fucking, as a, as a way to describe themselves. I mean, come on. What the fuck? There, there's no fucking set standard for any of this shit. You guys are fucking believing in hocus pocus. Doesn't smoke cigarettes, drink sometimes. Uh, must be that craft beer. Smokes marijuana sometimes. Is, is an omnivore. Yeah, I would have guessed she was an omnivore because she looks like she's fucking eating everything. Doesn't have kids, but might want them. Has cats. Of course she has cats. Of course. 
looking for people for short and long-term dating. Good luck, bitch, because you are so undateable because your personality is such a fucking, it's so shitty that you're never going to find anyone with that kind of, I, I am so fucking awesome and listen to all this great shit about me because I'm going to try to go over your head even though she's going over no one's head. Just a fucking snob, really. Well, that was uh, shitty dating profile slash personal ad. If you happen to see some shitty ones, send them my way. Of course, what you might think is horrible, or, or you might think, what I think is horrible, you might think is a good catch, and if you, you do, you, you fucking need help. And that's it for this fucking edition of shitty fucking people looking for dates, I guess, on my guerrilla. Julie, you are so fucking funny. <laughs> oh my god, you're so funny. Too bad you didn't look closer. We could hang out and laugh at everybody. <laughs> but I hope you're doing well. Uh, I know you talked about it doing your podcast, but I didn't know that you're that you did it. So I'm not always on Facebook every day, but. Uh, Anyways, you're a trip, girl. I hope you're doing okay. Hey, Tennille. I'm so glad you listened and you enjoyed my, uh, enjoy my fucking random thoughts, even though most people, I think, in the world couldn't really enjoy the shit that I, it's the way I process things, but I'm, I'm, I'm flattered that you do. And I miss you. I miss, I miss people like you. And there's very few people you know, that I, I knew back as a teenager that I'd actually want to still communicate with other than ones that, have, you know, have always been, you know, in my posse, I guess. I can't say it's my posse. It's just a posse, you know. You know, I have, I don't think, when's the fucking last time I've seen you, Tennille? Like, I would have to say probably, maybe, I don't know. I can't remember. It's It sucks, but you're definitely one of the few people from school that I admired. Man, you got some fucking great hair, too. You still got great hair. <laughs> Not gray hair, great hair. I should be more articulate with when I when I give somebody a compliment. Thank you for listening and definitely shit, man. If we were in the fucking same town, you'd say fuck this COVID shit and go hang out and do some shit. Definitely. Thanks thanks for calling in. I definitely appreciate it. It's time to play some more music and I'm gonna keep with the letter D on this, as I stated throughout. This is episode D. And this one is a band that I discovered as a teenager, and it wasn't typical of what I think I would get into back then, but I was so like smitten by how beautiful their music really was, and still is, and that group would be Dead Can Dance. The first album of theirs I ever, I ever got was actually a compilation called uh, Passage of Time, but I had heard them before that because I had a friend who... Uh, had played some of their work to me. He had a vast catalog of music already in his teens. And Dead Can Dance were... I really hadn't heard anything quite like that. The only thing I could sort of compare it to at that time was that it, in a way, and I mean in a very vague way, could, could be parallel to like Enya. And no offense to Enya. I don't dislike her, you know, whatever. 
but Doug can answer about a bazillion times more fucking interesting. <laughs> Lisa Gerard has probably one of the most beautiful fucking voices I think ever recorded. And this um, that I'm going to play is one of the, I mean, because there was always songs that were, they had two vocalists and Doug Nance was in it because it was a duo group. Um, it was either Lisa Gerard or Brendan Perry. You know, so they had a male and female singer. Lisa tend to do more foreign vocalizations and her voice is just fucking incredible. So I always, and it's weird because I tend to like male voices more. But when it came to Dead Can Dance, I always listened to the stuff that Lisa sung more than the stuff that Brendan sung. Brendan wasn't a bad vocalist. He just kind of had eh, sort of a Jim Morrison-esque sort of delivery, but with without the sexiness. <laughs> but his songs were interesting, but I don't know. I always liked the ones that were by Lisa much more. So what I'm going to play is Kantara from their Within a Realm of a Dying Sun from 1987. This is Dead Can Dance on Maigaria.
Why does no one die a virgin? Because life fucks us all. Welcome back to my Gurria. Here's the second film I'm going to uh, review for this episode D. And this one, strangely enough, starts with D. This one was called The Devil's Reign, and it came out, I believe, in 1975. And boy, was this one a, this one was a fucking winner. Uh, I totally dug this one. The Devil's Reign starred Ernest Borgenine. Um, it also starred William Shatner. And Tom Skerritt was another I recognized in the film. This one... Fucking wow, this one was fucking awesome. It was weird from the beginning, the get-go. It takes place in uh, some southwestern deserted ranch area, but there's a rainstorm going on. That's that's You don't realize there. that's where they are at first, until pretty much until you see William Shatner walk in the room, and he's wearing, you know, kind of like cow hand gear, but it's not like a Cowboys and Indians type of film, just, a, you know, a rancher type of thing. And it starts with his mom freaking out because the, his father's missing, and... She's worried because she could see bad nightmares or whatever. So the father shows up and he's been cursed and he melts in front of them. So yeah, the melt scene in this, as well as more, there's more to come. There's more melt, body melt scenes in this film. I could definitely tell this one, whoever, the makers of Street Trash had to have seen The Devil's Reign to get inspired by the the melting of, of human flesh in the movie. And <laughs> So these people would melt basically into a pile of wax. That's pretty much how they're how they would die. As uh, William Shatner goes to, because apparently there's a there's a, ne- a nemesis that's causing this. This character named John Corvus, who is apparently a devil worshipper, who's cursed the family since like the 1600s. Because apparently he had a um, satanic cult during the New England Pilgrim Puritan era, where there was witch hunts and shit. So John Corvus is played by Ernest Borgenine, and he's like this devil-worshipping leader, and he is betrayed by, well, because it goes back, this is later in the film, it goes back in history and it shows that Ernest Borgenine curses this family, who are known as the Prestons, but they're originally known as the Fifes. He curses them because they betrayed him and sold him out to the witch hunt, and even though he really can't be killed, because he's apparently immortal. I don't know. <laughs> but yes, it's funny to see er- Ernest Borgenine in a satanic, running a satanic cult. Anyhow, so back to where this sort of begins with like, okay, William Shatner decides to go confront this guy as he goes outside to his car. His mother is killed inside the house, but she disappears and their caretaker is basically tortured. So he decides to confront this John Corvus guy on his own, which is a bad idea. He's out in some ghost town. He tries to get help from the local sheriff, but the sheriff's like, I'm not going to go out there. It's a waste of my time. I got other things to do. So Shatner goes out there by himself and he, first person he runs into is Borgenine and doesn't realize that's who he's has to deal with because he's never actually met the guy. 
and they kind of challenge each other to their faiths. Shatner's a Christian, and Vorganine is a <laughs> Satanist. So there's like an abandoned New England church that's born because it's a ghost town. There's like this church that belong that's in this ghost town that's in the southwest. It doesn't belong there, architecturally speaking. So they go in there and they have their battle of wits. And he go, you know, Shatner goes in and he sees that there's all these minions worshiping minions of Borganines. And they all have, they, none of them have eyes. And they basically overpower him when his faith doesn't protect him from the satanic rituals and spells. So he ends up being tortured and eventually turned into a Satanist himself. <laughs> in comes the character of Tom Skerritt. Tom Skerritt plays William Shatner's brother. And he's also works as a parapsychologist under another, you know, kind of lead doctor. And his, and his wife is undergoing like these sort of telepathy tests to see if she can recall things and see things in the future and blah, blah, blah. Well, Tom Skerritt's character gets, you know, this is going on in kind of a lecture hall. He gets told that the his family has gone missing and he has to go back home. So he, you know, interrupts the thing, gets his wife. They go and they go to the family ranch home in the middle of nowhere where he talks to the caretaker there who says that his brother went off to this ghost town to confront this one guy who wants this book that apparently the family had been hoarding for centuries that, you know, neither were aware of its contents, but apparently it was the devil pact that Borganine had made with his original minions of his coven. And he wants it back because he wants their souls <laughs> for eternal life and all that kind of, you know, whatever, Satan bullshit. So Tom Skerritt and his wife go out to the ghost town and the wife has like these visions because she apparently can because of the other parapsychology shit she was being like hypnotized under earlier in the film she can see some shit going down and, and why they who these people are what they want they want this fucking book they want Vorganine wants to be king satan i guess <laughs> they show him a few times with fucking horns coming out of his head and i mean the guy if you know what he looks like you already know he's fucked up looking so him as a fucking goat-like satanist thing i just like burst out laughing when i was watching it. it it was it wasn't a comedy film but that scene just had me fucking laughing there's a ceremony and apparently borganine has taken the whole preston family under his wing except for tom scarrett's character who's also named tom in it um him and his wife split up because he doesn't want his wife subjected to this family bullshit but they end up you know the minions end up taking her over anyway so she's the next victim to be either sacrificed or converted to a Satanist, but has to go through this lengthy ritual to do so. So the other the, the, the other lead parapsychologist that Tom Skerritt was working with, they meet up back at the, at the family ranch. They go back out to the ghost town looking for the wife because she was supposed to go back to the ranch, but she never made it. That's how they figured that out. So they go to back to the ghost town and they see that the wife is being put through this ceremony. And that's where I'm going to stop because I don't want to give away what the fuck happens in the end. But I will say this, when I mentioned a lot of body melting, oh, there is a lengthy, lengthy, lengthy scene involving such... <laughs> it was so long, it almost seemed like a, an overdone car chase in a film. And uh, I was just like, all right, I get it. These fucking people melt when they're like destroyed. 
Another weird factoid about this film. One of the minions, even though you cannot tell by looking at him because all the minions have like hooded robes and no eyes. One of them is played by John Travolta as a teenager before he was ever anybody, before he was on Welcome Back, Hotter. He's like a teenager and it was his very first role he ever had. He plays kind of the brown-nosing minion that is trying to, like, I guess, earn brownie points with Borganine's character, but you don't even realize it. You don't realize it's John Travolta. (laughs) So this one I also found on Amazon Prime. However, the night that I tried to watch it, Prime was not working. Probably because it was a Saturday night and everyone and their fucking dog gets on fucking Prime or Netflix at the same time since we're all under COVID lockdown and we can't do shit. So I ended up finding the whole film on YouTube. So I was able to watch the thing from beginning to end. And if you don't have Prime and you want to see this fucking insanity film, it's called The Devil's Reign. And you can find it on either YouTube or Amazon Prime. Probably, oh, I think you can find it on Tubi TV as well if you get any of those freebie streaming services. But if you don't want commercials, watch it on Prime or YouTube. So do I recommend it? Yes. (laughs) I definitely recommend this one. I have to say it was a... Even though it was a satanic cult type of possession sort of film or whatever, I have never seen one in this sort of context before. And I've definitely never seen Ernest Borgenine or fucking William Shatner in a film about Satan before. (laughs) That alone, that alone is worth watching alone. So The Devil's Reign, 1975, watch it on Prime, YouTube, or wherever else you can find it streaming. Now is my conclusion of another film review on this edition all right, we're getting to the end of this edition of My Gurria, and this will be the last song we're going to be playing. And I uh, think it's actually it's a good way to end the show, given the title of the song and the band itself. Letter D, a band that I am very familiar with, that I was very obsessed with as a teenager, would be Depeche Mode. So yes, I was eventually going to probably play something by Depeche Mode. I could definitely go anywhere with them between... Speak and Spell and Songs of Faith and Devotion, which that Songs of Faith and Devotion was in 1993 that it was released. Anything beyond that, I don't give a flying fuck about. After Alan Wilder left, I don't even know how they really carried on without him. Well, yeah, I know how. Fucking 18, 19 session musicians to do the work of one man. That might be it. But he really is the one that gave them their sound. He might not have been in the original lineup, and that doesn't even fucking matter. What they evolved to with his sound was something that the the three who are still in the group would never, ever, ever have been able to come up with on their own. Sure, Martin Gore could have written the lyrics and he could have done some synth work, but the level of precision and production and just instrumentation and innovative technologies for the time, Depeche Mode fucking hit the jackpot when they fucking found Alan Wilder and they should never have treated the guy like he was a fucking hired hand. Bottom line, because guess what? (laughs) I believe he had enough of that shit when he um, quit the band. Getting the same amount of credit as another member of the band, Andrew Fletcher, who doesn't do shit. Yeah, I think that would prompt me to want to fucking quit my job too if I was doing all the work and somebody else was getting just as much recognition and pay for doing jack shit. So here I'm going to play is from Depeche Mode's 1984 album of some great reward. This is Stories of Old. Here I'm Igoria.
we've come to the end of the show thanks for listening to episode d of my guria um in the future we might be moving to a different podcast host we might not be with anchor any longer i am not too sure if i'm going to stick with this or maybe move on to another carrier i feel like anchor's a bit more restrictive because yeah i have to play only clips of songs and even that's probably questionable at this point but at least i'm keeping him within a uh context of music commentary. Although my guria, as you can tell, is more of a variety show. It's not all about music. Music's a good portion of it, but I do like to, uh, it's not the only thing that I make observations about. I hope you guys have enjoyed the past four episodes of my guria. I would like to continue to do this and I will. I don't know how frequently and the episodes might get shorter at this point. I'm not too sure how I'm going to handle it from this point on. This is probably your last time you're going to have a chance to uh, do your phone-ins on my voicemail. Because if I change platforms, I'm I'm pretty sure that's going to get disabled. Because we'll be the point of jumping around from one one website to another website to another website just to get the voicemail option. 
And only a few of you have called in, and I appreciate those definitely who called in. So uh, thanks, Kenny. Thanks to Neil. Thanks, Aaron. Monkey, Rob, and uh, oh yeah, Brenda Hutchinson to remind me of my appointment. <clears throat> Kenny. <laughs> Anyhow, hope you guys enjoyed this edition of My Gurria. Hopefully, the next episode I will be doing will be after the election. And guess what? The next episode will be episode E. Maybe it'll be released on election day. Who knows? And that's as political as this shit's getting. So talk to you next time. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye. Bye.